gather around, folks, for a tale that's juicier than a watermelon at a fruit ninja convention. Imagine, if you will, a secret government program so wild that even Gene Pond would raise an eyebrow and go, Bloody hell, that's bananas. Welcome aboard the roller coaster ride where once upon a time, right here in the good old U.S. of A., the government dabbled in mind games so intense they accidentally birthed a counterculture that believed pineapples were long known pizza. Yeah, I know, it's shocking. Prepare to feed your head and have your conspiracy loving hearts fluttering like a flock of pigeon bombs. Those who are real too. Because today, I'm talking about Ultra. MK Ultra. Okay. Hello and welcome back once again to Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. And today I'm joined by the Todd and, as always, Spar. What's happening? Uh, I'm just ready to fucking get this over with. I don't. I know I said I wanted to do this. I mm-hmm. was wrong. I was wrong. I was fucking wrong. <laughs> so wrong. I haven't been able to tap, drink tap water for weeks. <laughs> I don't fucking blame you. Uh, this is like uh, I. I did a deep dive. On, I've been doing a deep dive on this for months, mm-hmm. months, um, and. We could do a whole fucking podcast, like a whole different podcast just on MKL. There's probably one and out it there. Would, it would last for fucking years, man. It would last for years. It just keeps going. I shit you not. It's fucking it's nutty. I know I know the basis yeah. of it, and then I know like the counterculture stuff that happens, and then some of the stuff leading into it, but man, is there a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, this will be part one of probably part 27, uh, in a series that we'll be doing. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Um, but, uh, yeah. This will be kind of do it and then come back. So you mean 4,260 Dukes of Hazards? A lot of Dukes of Hazards. Way more. Way more than, more Dukes of Hazards than they ever fucking recorded. We'd have to watch the whole series over like a hundred times. (laughs) And the specials. Probably have. Yeah, I know I have. There, there, uh, there's a Simpsons worth of Dukes ha- of Hazards. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are, what are they up to? Like season? Are they on third? Yeah, I don't even know. Like I quit watching so long ago. It's been... uh, well, they keep predicting the future. Yeah, so, hey. Some of those videos are fucking All hilarious, right. too. <laughs> so, Todd, Lindy's not here, which is weird. Um, she's not feeling that great. So, you're going to have to be the one that just laughs uncontrollably the whole time to make me feel like I'm funny. Okay? Why do I have to laugh like her? You don't have to laugh like her. You just have to laugh. What? You sound like that shit's creepy. Sound like, <laughs> sound like there you go. crazy-eyed gremlin from Gremlins 2. <laughs> the googly eyes. Uh, okay. Um, do we have any other business to discuss? Or do you just want to jump into this? We got, we got business. We got business real quick. Okay. Okay. We got business. Are you going to go? Are um, you going to bring up the fact that uh, Angel of Death was in um, Gremlins Two when Stripe no, was changing into the trash? No. 
I'm going to tell you that uh, I went and seen uh, Foreigner and Loverboy last oh, night. Boy. And? And I was... You don't need was, no instructions to know how to rock? I was or, thoroughly or surprised. Every of it. Uh, well, you know, you could show me mm-hmm. what love is, but, you know. No, I was utterly amazed. <laughs> See? Yeah. No, I was utterly amazed at how good... These guys still are. And then mind you, it's their farewell tour. They're like, we're going out on top of our game. Dude, uh, his vocals still fucking dead really? on. The part, that, the part that killed me, because I did not know this, and you'll understand why it bugged me. Jeff Pilsen. Does that name ring any bells for you? It does. It sounds familiar, but I don't the, know from name, what. I can't. The name's familiar, yeah. He's the original bass player for oh, Knockin'. Okay. Okay. Him and Mick Brown, the drummer, are like one of my all-time favorite rhythm sections, okay? Mm-hmm. Those two together. Jeff Pilsen has been playing bass in Foreigner since 2005. What? And now you're And I did not know it. I'm staring at him on stage and I'm like, in a second. That's Jeff Pilsen. <laughs> no, it's not. That's Jeff Pilsen. No, it's not. <laughs> And then they do their, they did like a whole little acoustic thing for like four songs, man. Yeah. Straight up, like MTV unplugged, real fucking mm-hmm. acoustic. It was fucking great. And then he's like introducing everybody. He goes, and this is my longtime friend, Jeff. And I went, motherfucker, it is Jeff Pilsen. It is Jeff. It is. So if you have the opportunity, go see Foreigner. It's a great show. So last time they're ever going to go out, they're not going to do the Motley Crue thing. Oh, you mean you mean which suck is and my not, ultimate and not actually business play their here. instruments anymore? <laughs> or sing. yeah, you know all <laughs> well, the above. Mick Mick plays so, guitar, but God. So you're yeah, saying God, God damn it, Mick's the only one that fucking really plays shit. We got to get rid of him. John, you want a job? We'll pay you really well to do nothing and yeah. make it look good. So you're saying don't be as cold as ice and get hot blooded and go see Warner. I'm telling you, if you ever wanted to be a jukebox hero, <laughs> go see Foreigner. All right. All right. So what's your guys' right. favorite live albums by any band? I mean, if, if there's any band that's got like a live album, we probably ought to save that shit, shouldn't we? That's really, that's going to be lengthy. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's either a whole Gentlemen, other can top I say, eight podcast can I say or something? a fucking live stream. This is, this is, I've got 10 yeah, games typed yeah. already. Um, this is going to be a long time. Okay, 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 we're not okay. even hey, we're not even hey. going to get to the actual MK Ultra part of this story. So Hold on, I'm going to I'm going to brime. But brah, that's the whole point. We're here to do nothing but fuck with you. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to be like the tap water from back in the day. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you just uh, I I got my bottled water mm-hmm. for today so I can think clearly. And you don't have to get up to pee. Got it. Um, <laughs> no fluoride for me. <laughs> All right. Let's just fucking let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because otherwise, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's gonna be forever. Okay. In case you have been under a rock, uh, MK Ultra was a highly secret CIA mind project, mind control project. Sorry, in search of developing mind control through drugs, mind erasing, brainwashing, and torture techniques techniques to use against uh, the Russians during the Cold War. Uh, it officially <laughs> began in 1953 and lasted. Two decades until 1973. Seems really now, recent. Of, <laughs> that's that's uh, very well, recent in my mind. It was yesterday. 
50 years ago. Well, here's the deal. But yeah. For 20, there's 20 years ago. Right. 20 years. And then, over 20 years, actually, because this started well before that, and we'll get into that. I think that. the scariest uh, part is that. the fact that they have released some things. No, we definitely did this, so. They've, they've released almost, uh, well, anything that's not classified uh, has been released, but most of this stuff was, all these documents were destroyed. Mm. Naturally. Yeah, because they didn't want to fucking get caught with their hand in their cookie mm-hmm. jar. So. Government? No. Well, and and here here's the other underlying thing. You you have two lines when people have information. There's two lines that go down. They either, you know, culpability and liability. Right. Um, the biggest point of destroying a lot of the very early records when they were just playing with military folks is because if there are no records and you fuck these people up you can't and they go i can't function it was like ah, well we didn't do it yeah, yeah. Can't, can't be held <laughs> so accountable. there's there's no there's no veterans benefits there's no nothing they're just like yeah you're fucked bro we don't know what you're talking about that never happened and so that's where a lot of the very early on portions now as it expanded then it became more about not so much the liability, but the culpability of actually doing this to quote unquote normal citizens. Yeah. And then, you know, you're a tyrannical government who's doing whatever, but no, not mm, America. Not. No, actually, yes, it's America. America. <laughs> uh, may I continue? Yes. I, it was a point mm-hmm. of order. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So many of these experiments conducted under the MK Ultra program were done on unsuspecting subjects, just like you just said, and they sunk down to the level of similar experience, experiments run by the Nazis in concentration camps and Japanese that had been used in China. Okay, But before we, before we go way down deep in the rabbit hole and feed our heads, uh, we should probably start at the very beginning with all the events that led up to one of U.S. government's darkest known secrets. Now, this is not a conspiracy theory, folks. These are facts. This is just straight up conspiracy. That's the most fucked up thing about all of this shit. Mm -hmm. So, in the beginning, before there was a CIA, there was the OSS. Okay? Uh, Office of Strategic Services. Um, Before World War II, America was still fought, they were flying biplanes and like a lot of other countries they were way behind in technological advancement and warfare okay in that department the nazis led the way in weapons tech they had developed the v1 and v2 rockets uh biological and psychological weapons through experimentation and also extensive espionage um the oss was was formed during World War II by the Joint Chiefs of Staffs to coordinate espionage behind enemy lines for all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, president at the time, was concerned with a serious lack of American intelligence and reported uh, this gentleman named William Wild Bill Bill Donovan to plan a draft based on the British intelligence uh, MI6. Uh, Donovan constructed a plan for a single agency using commandos, guerrilla uh, guerrilla techniques, and disinformation to conduct special operations and foreign intelligence. 
and for the duration of World War II, the Office of Strategic Services was conducting multiple activities and missions, including collecting intelligence, by spying, performing acts of sabotage, waging propaganda war, organizing um, and coordinating anti-Nazi resistance groups in Europe, and providing military training for anti-Japanese guerrilla movements throughout Asia. Uh, Wild Bill was like, I think he's still the most decorated uh, American because uh, of of his uh, service during World War One. Uh, and he was called Wild Bill because he just fucking kept sending his boys back in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, nope, we got to keep moving this fucking line. Um, and he was uh, he was a badass. He was also fucking nuts. Sounds yeah. Yeah. One of the common things that is spoken of him is like he is the true modern format from lead from the front not the back he was the guy that was there with a fucking revolver running with his guys with rifles going we gotta get another five feet boys and fucking just he was not a sit in the back in a tent you know yeah exactly so there's a lot of military you know aura that's always like oh wild bill you know lead from the front i don't think there's a better way to get guys to follow you than be in front of them (laughs) give him some inspirational speech and sit in the back and be like I'll be back here with the drummer boy it's it's probably worth noting that most of the higher ups in the uh, OSS were old money and people that had ties to money in Europe Mm. uh, because they had connections in Europe um, and Asia right um now, at the height of its influence during World War II, the OSS employed more than 14,000 people, and they operated independently of any other military organization, and they had no budget. So basically, they got to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do whenever the fuck they wanted to do no it, cap. and they did not fucking get in trouble for it. No <laughs> cap. No cap. This, is, this is why the, the Dallas Cowboys won a bunch before they put the salary cap into football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now... A lot of these guys, uh, many of these guys, ended up stealing funds that somehow ended up in their own bank accounts at the end of World War II. God, thank God that I stuff doesn't that. happen anymore. I mean, we can trust them all now, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in the, in the 40s, you, you somehow end up with like $100,000 worth of small bills in cash in a duffel bag. I don't know where, I don't know where that came from, you know? For, for some that. reason, I'm 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 seeing Donald Rumsfeld on September 10th on the White House lawn, going, "We don't know what happened to three trillion dollars we sent in cash to uh, Iraq." No idea. And then oh, September 11th. Yeah. There's your conspiracy there theory. All right. All right. So, uh, in 1941. Intelligence reports from Asia reached Washington, uh, in, in which they found out that Japanese forces trying to overtake China were using biological weapons. And in doing so, they were killing thousands of not only soldiers, but women, children, civilians, by dropping anthrax bombs and poisoning water supplies with cholera. It's a madhouse. Yeah. 
So uh, then Secretary of War Henry Stinson saw this as a threat to the U.S. So he got his leading U.S. biologists together and told them, hey, go do some research into biological warfare. And before they had finished the research, the U.S. was at war with Japan. Now, the findings that they found in their studies, uh, they discovered the Japanese and Nazis were both conducting heavily, heavily uh, research uh, into biological weapons and producing them. Uh, this kind of scared the shit out of FDR, so he formed the War Research Service. Uh, biological warfare had been banned by the Geneva Convention of 1925, but the U.S. decided to conduct research into developing similar weapons because they did not want to fall behind the Nazis or the Japanese. Um, and they were like, fuck them. If they're going to do it, fuck it, we're going to do it too. Uh, Winston Churchill actually, who greatly feared biological attacks from the Nazis uh, in the U.K., he asked for FDR to help him build several large biological weapons for, Brit for the British and the job was assigned to the Army's Chemical Warfare Service Division. So in 1942, higher-ups from this division met with uh, bacteriologists and scientists from around the U.S. in Washington, D.C. to see if it would be possible to manufacture bioweapons safely on a mass industrial scale. Now, the majority of these, if not 99% of these guys, all said it would not be possible to do this. There's no way. Um, it's just an impossible feat to accomplish. But there was one bacteriologist named Ira Baldwin who was uh, teaching at the University of Wisconsin at the time. He said that if you can do it in a test tube, you can do it in a 10,000-gallon tank. And soon after this oh meeting, uh, General Cambridge of the Chemical Warfare Service appointed Baldwin to head the development and construction of a site to conduct production. He was like, oh, you think you can do it, huh? Well, guess what? I'm going to give you an unlimited budget you just got to get it done fucking fast. I think, was, so, it, was it like America was like, you know, Japan had Unit 731 and the Nazis the Nazis had their concentration camps. We're just not going to yeah. do that. We're just, we'll just conduct it over everyone. <laughs> just, just, we won't just let it. Right. <sighs> right. Uh, yeah. Freaks me out. So Ira, Ira Baldwin took, um, took a little while to find a, a, a spot but he became the U.S.'s scientific director of Army Biological Warfare uh, Laboratories and, like I said, had a limitless budget. They basically, they told him, whatever you want, you got it. So he settled on this site of an old National Guard Army base named Dietrich Field outside Frederick, Maryland, which is actually located very close to Camp David, uh, like 50 miles from Washington, D.C., <laughs> And after three months and $4 million in construction, the site was named Camp Dietrich in March of 1943. It became the official headquarters of the Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. And everything that happened there was deemed to be top secret, and work soon began after Baldwin brought in around 1,500 scientists, some of which were his former students, who we will get to later. Um, but everyone that was brought on board to the project was sworn to secrecy, signed waivers that in the, event, in the event of their deaths, only Army personnel, scientists, and members of the camp were allowed to perform autopsies, that their caskets would be sealed and never be opened. And 
top secret so slash illegal. That's it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Not if you well, signed the true, paper. Yeah. You signed the paper. <laughs> you signed the paper. You you <laughs> consented. Yeah. So then they got to work and they started developing anthrax spores. They bred mosquitoes infected with yellow fever. They uh, they made pigeon bombs that had toxic spores covering their feathers. I didn't think okay. birds were real. Oh, no, we're not doing that conspiracy, are we? So, in early 1944, the next year, Winston Churchill changed his request for several of these large bioweapons. And he said, you know what? Instead, give me, uh, give me about a half a million bomblets uh, with, filled with anthrax. <laughs> because he was really scared that the Nazis might try to use bioweapons against them in a last-ditch effort against Great Britain. Now I got the time ticking in my head. Time, time, ticking in my head. Time. So work on these bomblets was well underway, uh, and they were in production in a factory in Indiana uh, in April 1945 when Germany surrendered. And soon after that, Baldwin returned to his position at the University of Wisconsin, but even with all the advancements they'd made in the two and a half years of the project, the higher-ups in the military career, they were still lagging behind the Germans and Japanese. So, as they started rounding up all these Nazis, uh, fucking Nazis. Counterintelligence. God, God damn Nazis. Uh, the counterintelligence corps uh, started rounding these guys up in Germany, and they started questioning them about their work that they had done for the SS. One of these higher-up Nazis that they found was Kurt Blum. And in 1943, Blum was studying bacteria, bacteriological warfare. Fuck, that's a mess. Uh, officially, that's he, he was involved in cancer research, but that was like just his cover. So he also served as deputy health minister of the Reich and had worked under Heinrich Himmler. Ooh, well, that's a, uh, everybody that's a big that guy. Is. <laughs> Epic piece of and shit. He's not the- yeah. These Nazi doctors had accumulated a unique store of knowledge. They had learned how long it takes to die after exposure to various germs, chemicals, and toxins, and which ones killed most efficiently. They had given shit like mescaline and other psychoactive drugs to concentration camp inmates and experiments, and they steered all their, their findings you know, in ways to control minds, break down human psyches, and the Americans were like, you know what, this uh, this is kind of a unique uh, experience here because we they've got all this data, and you know if we have that data, you know it might give us a little edge over everybody else. Just to add to that, Blome, while being a viral quote vaccine specialist, yeah. also set up all the criteria for they uh, were also testing. For uh, altitude chambers, how high yep. could they take a human being in altitude before they started to feel effects? <sighs> um, they also were doing uh, cold chambers where they would put a person in there and time the drop in temperature and at what temperature the human body would actually stop functioning. So they knew exactly what the amount of time and the exposure point and temperature was. He set up all the testing criteria for all wow. of that, which became so much bigger because not only was he this big viral vaccine guy, 
but he also set up all the testing criteria for basically what would become uh, you know space flight and everything else so he was a huge grab the only thing i want to say is that they couldn't grab him he, at the time though they didn't because he actually went through the nuremberg trials we're getting there and and was indicted and what's the word i'm picking up he was basically vindicated he was not found guilty he acquitted, yeah. acquitted thank you but they found him guilty of other things yeah. and they ended up putting him in prison and I'll no, I, bet, I bet his okay. prison was a lot like goodfellas prison we're gonna we're gonna get there in a minute and like you said no, you won't yeah, you're moving too slow. Nah. Come on, pick up the pace. Come on, pick up the pace. Would, by the way, like you were on, saying, when you said cold chamber, I thought you said cold chamber, and I was like, oh, did that make you loco? Me loco. <laughs> no, but don't get you a big truck. Big truck. Like you said, uh, much of this data that Blom had, you know, acquired was unique because it could only come from doing these experiments in which human beings were made to suffer or die. So this brought up this huge question of, so should we kill everyone that was a part of the Nazi war machine, um, or should we bring someone back to U.S. to work for the government? We got paperclip. And the big guy that posed this question was OSS Director William Donovan in 1944, and he was like, hey, uh, hey, FDR, uh, maybe you could approve uh, this recruiting project primarily just right, right, you know, just for now. I'd, how about some spies? Did it did it finally sink like, in that OSS wasn't good? <laughs> like the whole Nazi thing is that why they changed it? it was like we just got to keep SS out of everything if we can. <laughs> They're gonna get there. Um, he was like, hey, you know, if we give these guys immunity from prosecution and you know entry in the U.S., you know, maybe they can help us out. And FDR was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and Reinhard Galand, who was a senior Nazi intelligence officer surrendered to the U.S. forces in 45 the next year. It was like really briefly, like I want to say three weeks after so, that year. Yeah. So he surrendered in 45 when it was over. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, he was like, well, he waited for, I think he waited for FDR to die. Oh. That's my guess. So he knew. Somebody, he somebody gave him some heads up, buddy. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Truman's so, on board. We'll be good. Yeah. yeah. He agreed to turn over his vast German spy network to the OSS for legal protection and a large uh, yeah. a lot probably money. a nice house to live in so, for the rest of his life and women yeah. most likely. So right after that, the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency was established by the U.S. Army to actually recruit these Nazi scientists, uh, not spies, scientists, primarily to keep them out of the Russians' hands uh, because they didn't want the communists to get a hold of them. Like I said, they were like, we got to fucking, if we don't take these guys, fucking Soviets are going to get them, and then we're fucked. That was kind of their their mentality on all this. <clears throat> and never mind if these guys are all fucking super bad, evil, bad. Yeah, I was going to say, if they're dead, they can't help either side, so. Right, right. But, I mean, we're getting we're getting ready for the space race. I mean, we're ramping up. We're in the fucking beginning of the Cold War. This <clears throat> so. The Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency started arranging new jobs for all these scientists in the U.S. Um, and then clerks at the Kreinsberg Castle Interrogation Center in Germany, where most of these scientists were taken, held, and interrogated, they started using paper clips to mark 
the most troubling cases. And that's where the name of the operation got its that's name. name. Operation Operation Paper. By the way, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah, so we're open. <laughs> I assure, I assure you. you. Bunch of savages in this town. So Operation Paperclip gave former Nazis falsified backgrounds and identities. And President Truman approved it in September of 1946. And he's like, okay, we're going to let up to like a thousand of these German and Austrian scientists enter into the U.S. You know, it's in the it's, interest of national security and stuff. It, it sounds better when you word it that way. A bunch of these scientists, instead yeah. of just saying, you know, a bunch of these cold-hearted motherfucking Nazis. <laughs> just going to all lie yeah. man. That's what they don't, they're not communists. They don't like the communists either. We got to fight the communists. Goddamn right. So the main goal of this whole thing was to recruit all these Nazi rocket scientists like uh, uh, the rock star, Werner von Braun. Uh, he was the guy that engineered the V-2 rocket Yeah, for Germany. Uh, he later becomes a key figure in America's space program, works on rockets like Redstone, Jupiter C, and the Saturn V. Damn. Okay. There are others like Arthur Rudolph, same thing, German engineer, also worked on the V-2 rocket name. program. Yeah. yeah. Same deal, American space program. Beginning of Skunk Works. Also, yep. Also, he developed in the Saturn V rocket, Kurt Dubois, 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 Dubois. I don't know how to fuck. You nailed it. Um, on that last, I think it was the last he one. Was an, he was another. Yeah, Dubois, Dubois. Uh, another <laughs> German rocket scientist involved in the V two program. He was the first director of NASA's Kennedy uh, Kennedy Space Center. Great facility. Uh, there is a there is a picture yeah. of him sitting with JFK and Lyndon Johnson during. Wow. And I don't know if I don't know if you got into this, but I just real quick. In the early days when Nazis were taken off and all these people were coming up in these colleges, they had this weird fucking shit they would do where they would duel with swords. And if you start looking into a lot of yeah, these, a lot of these guys have slashes on their faces and shit. They have all of them on the left side of their face yeah. because most of them were right-handed. So it was, they'd wear all this padding and these metal goggles, but they all have these, and it's like a rite of passage. It's a fucking mark of honor, yeah. but you start seeing all these guys and it's like eight out of 10 wow. of them, man. They, they've all got this, but they're all the ones that are like, Oh, well, I really didn't know. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I see yeah, the scar, bro. He's got I one, but this scar. other guy's right. got three on the other side of his face because he was going up against a southpaw, and that's weird to defend against. There are no southpaws in the Aryan Nation, <laughs> not in the Master Race. <laughs> they murdered him. <laughs> also, if you're colorblind, it would <laughs> yeah, be a dead man. Um, <laughs> no, that that makes well, you a full retard. You know, yeah, that's right. And you never go full retard. I got a good I never go full retard. Well, you know that like, right. you know that uh, Warner von Braun, he was like on some fucking Disney thing. You can watch it on Disney Channel, Disney Plus, as a like some program they did on rockets. He's on there. Oh yeah, I had heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that about Walt Disney. He was a bit of he was he might have been a little sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, there there oh, there's all these other guys that I'm birth of a nation. I'm I, not even okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into, like, guy so that bad. invented space medicine. Uh, people basically played key roles in the American space program. And 
space exploration. Okay. Mm-hmm. They got us. They got us to the fucking moon. They got us in space. They brought the tang and, and the space ice cream. Some of these guys helped us develop American missile programs too. Uh, so <laughs> fucking tang. Goddamn tang, motherfucker. I ain't talking about the poon kind no. either. The orange drink. Right. Don't care how much you stirred it. it not perp, not purple drink. I don't care how much drink. you stirred it. It was still crunchy at the bottom. Didn't matter. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, even if, unless you use hot water, <laughs> and then you got to let it cool down. Um, Ooh, never did. So, never went about it that way. After I was always in a yeah. hurry to get the tank. I'm, I'm left-handed and <laughs> cold blind. I think I think about things different because I'm a little retarded. Um, you never put your sugar in the cold tea. You always brew it and put your sugar in while it's warm, and then you pour it over ice to cool it go. down. No, I'm getting it. We all know that. Jesus. Come God on, damn, y'all, y'all fucking want to be fucking hit. <laughs> y'all left-handed and colorblind. Jesus. So, I'm going to continue. Go ahead, go ahead. Because I don't, I don't want to, like, fucking well, pay I might care. I'm just going to remind you of what Read you said faster. at the beginning. <laughs> I know. I know. Read faster. <laughs> So after the war was over, Chemical Warfare Services re- was renamed the Chemical Corps. Uh, the higher-ups watched as all these Nazi spies and Nazi rocket scientists came to the U.S. and they said, um, so what about the other ones? You know, the doctors, the chemists, the biologists, and, you know, all the, all the fucking asshole, evil motherfuckers who could give them the results of experiments that had been conducted at all these concentration camps. I just realized camps. something. What's up? Truman was the original singer for Creed. <laughs> he looked at all these Germans and went, Can you take me high? That was bad. That was bad. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. And here's here's the Lindy giggle break. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, so think she'll have all the guys that were running... That part. <laughs> <laughs> so all the guys that were running Paperclip, Operation Paperclip, they were like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. So, with their help, they got some German scientists who worked at chemical and biological warfare projects, and they arrived at Camp Dietrich less than a year after the war ended. And all these guys had been members of the Nazi party, and they were assigned to teach all these Americans about sarin, which was this lethal gas that they, they helped yeah. develop in Germany. That, that's, that's It seemed really promising during war. It's going to work. So, Zycol, Zycol gas also. Yes, many other ones as well. So they, they used records from their wartime experiments, showed how their subjects had died within minutes after inhaling their first doses. They're like, you know, it did not matter if they were old, young, fat, skinny. They just died. All of them. So. And it's, you know, it's not a real big secret. You know, they carried out all these experiments and they all went to death. Yeah. And. Life matters not. Yeah. But DC was like, you know what? You know, if they had all this shit to use, you know, in a future war, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. Pretty bad. Wait, you, are you, you talking about them rich men north of Richmond? I figure if we know all that stuff, maybe I could live to be like, you know, like two, three hundred or something. So, <laughs> all these guys that operate with paper picks are like, this is. This you, is. you might end up with a neck leg, but by God, you might live to 200. <laughs> so. They were kind of like, um, you know, if they weren't too bad, let's let them in. And Operation Paperclip guys were like, mm, let's see here. <laughs> so whenever they came across a scientist they wanted that didn't have a great past, they were just like, mm, okay. And they just rewrote his bio 
gave them a new name, and you know those had formerly been labeled as ardent Nazis were now just like they put this "not and" stamp on it. Not an ardent Nazi. Yeah. And, and after they had been "quote unquote" bleached, they were suitable candidates for paperclip contracts. And, and mind you, a lot of this was just to get them visas through the State Department because that's the bureaucracy right. of it. Yeah. They can. They could have smuggled them in, but they wouldn't have been able to fucking keep them and let them do anything. Right, so right. they had to get the State Department to buy it off. So that's where the fucking cleaning came in. Yeah. All these U.S. scientific teams, you know, they just turned a blind eye and they were like, ooh, they were just, they were caught up in the razzle-dazzle of all, all this tech that the Germans had. I mean, they were like 20 years ahead of everybody else at the time. Mm. So mm. it's like we were just like, like nukes. well, just. Just, just ignore they, those my, mass piles of bodies as we step over them, and then uh, maybe these Nazis will give us all their scientific knowledge. Did you bring up the Ark? That's kind of what happened. Okay. Yeah, imagine okay. if they would have actually found the Ark. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. The FBI got pissed off, and they started conducting their own investigations on some of these Nazis trying to get in the U.S. And newspapers started reporting on some of these applicants that had been picked before they could reach the U.S. in charge of war crimes. And Bosket Webb, who ran the whole Operation Paperclip, he, he said, you know what, if we don't fucking bring these guys in, they're going to end up doing war research either in Germany or in Russia, and then we're fucked. And Everybody's like, okay, yeah, maybe. And then after Japan surrendered in 45, the whole process started over again. When Japanese scientists admitted having a secret germ warfare program named Unit 731. Mm, that's a rough motherfucker, Chinese, dude. That's rough. Yeah. In the Chinese region of Manchuria. Damn. Um, now, ugh. you want to hear about some of these fun experiences? Are you going to do some of these? Oh, boy. Uh, We could do a whole episode, but I think I would throw up. I would need a bucket. I'm just going to briefly skip. Okay. But it's enough enough that it might make you Mm. laugh. That's rough shit, dude. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, um, what do you think would happen if we, like, injected air into somebody and created embolisms? Death? Let's try it out. (laughs) Let's let's try it out. Oh, hey, guys, um, what if we amputate, amputate some limbs off of somebody and then watch these person slowly dies of gangrene and then we can see how it works mm-hmm. that sounds pretty cool Let's very scientific very good call um, and then maybe we should um expose people to poison gas and then you know as they die let's cut them open and look at their lungs so we can study them as they die oh they're still that alive yeah, cool. yeah, yeah let's do that yeah let's try good that call. good let's, call let's do that. oh guys guys you know what we should do we should probably try to electrocute a bunch of people and then Try to figure out how much voltage we need to kill it. Yeah, we need to know the exact limit where it goes from agonizing pain to death. Make it so yeah. All right. Uh, what about what about if we we make these high pressure chambers and we find out how much pressure it takes for someone's eyes to pop out of their head? Let's do that too. Oh oh wait 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 wait. What if we tried to dissect somebody? But wait, what if they're still alive and we do it? Let's try that. Yeah, we'll and, and then it doesn't matter how many it takes. We'll just keep taking people so we can just never ending amount of... Yeah, yeah. We've got so many guinea pigs. Or maybe we should stake somebody to the ground, you know, like completely naked, and then like expose them to shrapnel from anthrax bombs 
you know, we set up a couple wires away and then let's see how long it takes them to live. So they're caught in the mosh. I'm just going to do it uh, every time you, know, you bring it never, up. Yeah. Never, never longer, not, never longer than a week on that one. Um, or wait, wait, wait. What if we impregnate women simply to supply infants for vivisection? How about that one? How about that one? Does that one piss you off? Matt? Mm, uh, that one pisses me off a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, you mean, oh, we get to rape them before? <laughs> Great. Good call. Great plan. Oh, geez. Or what How about, was the office today, honey? You know what? Oh, it was a rough day. I had to rape 14 girls and killed 37 people. I could use a drink. Uh, yeah. How about we yeah. How about we stake some people to the ground and then uh, use them to test flamethrowers? How, how, how As if you have to be... You have to be they wanted to do that shit. They had to want to because, duh. Well, you, you could have done that with a yeah. dead pig. But no. So... So after Camp Dietrich found out about this, they were like, they received detailed reports. They were like, fuck, we want to know more. And uh, General Shiro Ishil, he was the guy that ran 731. He was acquired in 46, along with a lot of his scientists from the same unit. You mean monsters. Uh, Yeah, but they didn't come back to the U.S. They were stationed in East Asia where he turned over documents on the data they acquired on various toxins, poisons, diseases, all the shit that they experimented with. Uh, and he helped the U.S. scientists conduct experiments that could not legally be conducted in the U.S. Oh, hmm. Okay, to give you an... Uh, <laughs> I'm so the fucking Russians, angry. The Russians were a little smarter about how they did it. They took 12... They found 12 members of Unit 731. They took them into custody, found them guilty of war crimes, and sentenced them all to... I think it was anywhere between two to 25 years in prison. But more than likely, all these guys ended up working as scientists for Russia in the advancement of their own biological weapons. Most likely. After yeah. yeah. So, by 45, Truman decides that the OSS is no longer needed. He disbands it, primarily because the OSS is involved in operations in the United States, which they're not really supposed to do. And they also don't mind working with communists to get shit done, and that pisses the FBI off. I'm going to just drop the O so at this he's point. Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, next in the chain of events, we have the Nuremberg trial. Oh boy, yeah. In uh, November of uh, 1946. Uh, so, they find 23 defendants on trial for war crimes committed by Nazis, including Kurt Blum. Um, and in the following year, 1947, 70 of these people were found guilty, sentenced to hang. Nine were sentenced to prison. And seven, including Bloom, were acquitted due to lack of evidence. Lack of evidence, now, fucking ass. The whole lack of evidence thing, I have a feeling that maybe the U.S. government has something to do with that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so immediately the U.S. tried to get them into the U.S. to further, you know, their own biological warfare program. Um... But they can't bring him to the U.S. Um, so in 47, Truman changes his mind about the OSS. He signs into law that this former OSS officer named Alan Dulles, who's, uh, you're going to hear his name a lot in the next few weeks, he helped write this National Security Act. And this National Security Act, this law, formed the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. Okay. So... Okay, where are we? We're in 47. Okay, okay. So by late 49, serious 
concerns arise we're, we're about. We're through one Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, no shit. That's a lot of Dukes We're a little over. We're All Dukes right. of Hazard and a quarter in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, by late 49, serious concerns are arise about the communist bloc's possible capability for mind control. Uh, around this time, a Hungarian cardinal by the name of Josef Minzetti, who had previous, previously been a very vocal opponent of the communist government, was arrested and accused of treason. Mm-hmm. Uh, during his 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 mock trial, uh, Minzetti confessed to planning uh, to take over the world, stealing Hungary's crown jewels, yada yada yada. Uh, it was noted during the trial that he appeared to be zombie-like, with a blank stare throughout the trial. Mm. And many higher ups in the government were like, in the CIA, were like, you know, this guy looks like he's been programmed or hypnotized or something. Drug. Now, many decades, 20, 30 years later, you know, he stated that he'd been beaten and tortured to the fucking breaking point. But at that time, CIA fed their fears and paranoia into thinking the Russians cracked the code on mind control and they couldn't fall behind in the Cold War. So they developed the Special Operations Division at Camp Dietrich. And uh, the idea of this was simply to experiment on the engineering of human behavior. Was was the Camp Dietrich so, where like the men who stare at goats thing was, or was that much later, or was it the same place it was? Uh, it would have to be in the later, like in the six, but it was the same maybe. same place. Okay, I I believe it was around the same. Okay, place. Camp Dietrich was like where all the bio. This is like biological and chemical warfare shit. Uh, you're thinking of like psychological warfare, so that would be the same place. Album. Okay, yeah, but different different division. Same place, different division. So, in, in 1950, the CIA and Special uh, Operations Division at Fort Dietrich began a joint program, later codenamed MK Naomi, wherein Fort Dietrich would supply whatever substances were needed, and a technical service staff of the CIA, which is like the division in charge of the James Bond shit, you know, like the fucking suicide pills and <laughs> pins that shoot out fucking needles and full of poison and shit. And your uh, shoes a phone. They had the, yeah. So they had the authority to use all the substances overseas during covert operations. So basically, special operations division could make the shit. The CIA could use the shit. They just couldn't use it on U.S. soil, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. They they decided you know if we do this we're going to have this huge fucking arsenal of lethal and incapacitating weapons within the TSD, the Technical Service Division of the CIA. And basically they worked on suicide drugs, assassination poisons, and research defensive biological. whole lot of death. Allegedly. Allegedly. <coughs> no, no, no. They fucking, they fucking, they fucking did. did. <laughs> they fucking did it. Now, but I'm sure I'm sure there's somebody over there going. I can neither confirm yes. nor deny. I'm sure they, there was. Yes, they or no, no, no. Well, one up it. They did the alley north. I have no recollection. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> by by death, what do you mean? What do you mean by death? <laughs> so the U.S. Army Special Operations Command and CIA modif- they made these modified guns that fired special darts through this program, coated with these biological agents and poisons that could, for example, incapacitate a guard dog as you're trying to break into a place. And then they got these other guards that they could fucking shoot the guard dogs with as they're leaving to wake the dogs up. So <sighs> no one knows that they've been there. 
shit like that. Um, in addition to all this, uh, the Special Operations Command was designated to research the potential to use biological agents against crops and other people and shit like that. So, MK Naomi, then was like, they were like, uh, what would happen if Russia came and tried to carry out a bio attack on the U.S.? So, they made a plan. They carried out this fake biological attack on the Pentagon in 1949 using this mock bacteria in the ventilation systems throughout the Pentagon. And from this operation, they concluded that the exercise would have probably taken out half the people in the Pentagon by infecting them if it had been an actual attack. Now, all the U.S. military higher-ups, they were like, well, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. They raised, so what would happen if the Soviets attacked a city? So, mm. at that point, the CIA helps the U.S. military carry out an actual biological attack on San Francisco. Oh, it's just a training op. It's just a training op. No, it's not. Here. No, it's an actual biological attack. Yeah, no. But they wrote it as an actual, like, a movie script. Yeah, they did. So they chose uh, San Francisco to, to the dense fogging area because the gas that they were going to use was colored, and that way they could hey. release it to the city without... But we weren't doing racial comments. <laughs> I think it was, like, red or orange colored, so all the carrot people, hopefully they're not pissed at me. I don't think that. so. That should be okay. This operation was named Operation Sea Spray. And it shot clouds of aerosol-based bacteria that was supposedly harmless in an attempt to see how much of the population would be affected. If you, if you type in Operation Sea yeah. Spray, I think you'll probably get some crazy videos that'll come Well, you know, you better have the porn filter on. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get a lot of crazy videos. Yeah. I'm just trying to break this up because so, I'm so damn angry. Well, dude, we're not, I even, know. We're not even a fucking NKO yet. This is just the buildup. This is, we're, we're in the tippy top, tippy top. We just got the tip in. So after this had, Operation Sea Spray had taken place, it, you know, they found that several people actually developed urinary tract infections from the bacteria, and they developed little red spots in the urine. And one guy, one person actually died from complications because it had like a urinary, some sort of tract infection or something before this ever took place. So, from this, it was shown that not only that San Francisco was 100% affected, but much of the whole Bay Area surrounding it as well. And that was the very first time, but not the last oh, time. It certainly that wasn't the last time. would use bioweapons on Americans just to see what would happen. Yeah, that's still... Chemtrail, anyone? I think it's still going on today. It hasn't been that long ago. I'm, I'm not real fucking sure how they can rationalize all this. I, I don't know. Money. But they fucking they did they did it. They fucking That's did it. That's how they rationalize it. Their fucking mattress full of dollar bills that they sleep on every night. No fucking shit. No fucking shit. I need to have. No, oh, yeah, I'm you sorry. should. Because I, I can't believe you're going through this. It's freaking. Wait, are you drinking tap water? Uh, no, dude. I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking. Tea. Oh, I was gonna say, jeez. Uh, well, that's way better for you, I think, than the tap water anymore. I don't I know about that. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm drinking uh, mineral water with it. Little topo, there you go. To topo and tequila. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking a man. Yeah, this is some seriously bad shit. Not, uh, not. It almost seems plausible for some people to believe that hey, you know, maybe America would like 
set out some kind of virus against its people just to see what happens. Because they yeah, fucking that's did. Smart. I think, you know, a lot of people are scared of the government because, you know, they think that they're out to get them, but I, the government doesn't give a fuck about these long shows yep. work, you know? Well, your taxes, motherfucker. One of the big, one of the big things that I would say is that um, Linda Hunt, who was a journalist in the seventies, she was the first person to really under FOIA because you know when they classify documents, they it's it's a timeline. You know, at this point, you either have to reclassify or they become declassified. Right. And she had waited and waited for years for that time to hit for all of the stuff about paperclip. So as soon as that time hit, she presented her FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act. And, you know, they got like, it's like 90 days they have to respond and, you know, okay, you can have these and da, da, da. The government, now mind you, this is in the mid seventies, they sent her a bill for $125,000 and said, this is how much it's going to cost us to Xerox all these copies for you. So when you pay the bill, we'll give you the information. Now, mind you stuff like that today, you could crowdfund and, you know, do all that stuff. She had to go out and scrape and remortgage stuff. And she ended up coming up with the money through friends and everything and paid it. And then they talk another like two or three months, him hawing, oh, you didn't pay the complete, you know, the whole circus. And then finally they gave her the documents. But the thing was, is that they were trying to get the Senate Armed Services Committee to buy off on reclassifying these things. Uh And in order to do it, they had to be truthful about what all this stuff really was, which was all a bunch of lies. So they were like, uh oh, fuck here you go oh, there it is a lot of it's re- and, a lot of it was redacted but yeah so she's the yes. jim jitta German journalism try saying uh, that three well, times say it once <laughs> stumbled let's let's just say that she's she's for our generation she's one of the prominent independent journalists because she was also part of the exposing the pentagon with you know uaps right. and everything else she's She's been out there for a lot of years trying to, you know, do this stuff. But I just, that is like the ultimate government. We'll give it to you. Just going to cost you a hundred because that's how, you know, we're not going right. to pay the cost. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, if it's going to cost you $125,000 to fucking make copies, no wonder we have fucking $50 hammers and $2,000. It's almost like the government just binding you up and, and, you know, in some kind of trial where you'll go through your whole life savings and not be able to fight it anymore. And they can just keep pushing it back and pushing it back until your life's destroyed. But good thing they don't do that shit. I can neither confirm <laughs> nor, deny. nor deny. All right, gentlemen. I think I have like maybe 15 minutes left here. Maybe. All right. All right. All right. Go. Sorry, sorry. Okay. So one, two, Three. All right, so let's go back. Okay, we arri- we arrive in, at 1950. Right. Uh, the CIA, under current director Roscoe Pico Tree, Kelly decides that they need to. <laughs> yeah. All right, Roscoe. <laughs> yeah. 
So they decided they need to form a team dedicated to experiment, experimenting with technology related to mind control, and they launch Project Bluebird. Mm-hmm. Now, Project Ber- Bluebird, 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 Tequila. Anyway, Bluebird is a mind control program that tested drugs on American citizens. Uh, most of these test subjects were in federal penitentiaries or in U.S. military. So, I guess in the eyes of the CIA, felons and U.S. soldiers are in the same boat, right? Fuck them. They're expendable, right? Yeah, fucking, Jesus Christ, that's fucking, yeah. This is your, your fucking tax dollars at work. Yes, yeah, what, yeah, um, what they did and still do. So, yeah. So, shortly after this operation, Bluebird is put into motion. At the end of 1950, a new director named General Walter Smith uh, takes over and hires on Alan Dulles, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, he was the OSS officer who helped create the National Security Act, which formed the CIA. Uh, so Dulles, we could do a fucking episode on Dulles and his brother both. I mean, they're, uh, they they played a huge part in what we now consider modern living, modern society. He's like fucking way into esoteric psychology and research into psychedelics, which was just starting at the time. And he becomes convinced that there's potential to manipulate the human mind by experimenting with hallucinogenic drugs. Yes, there is. So in nights, yep. Uh, in 1952, two years after that, these American pilots are captured in Korea, and they admit to spraying biological weapons over the country on national radio, and. DCA becomes convinced, even though there's no proof that these POWs had been brainwashed by the communists. Uh, this this term brainwashed, uh, I think in Chinese it's Zen out. Or beaten it's into submission. Of, of wash a brain. Uh, had never. Zen out. Zen out. Had never, Zen out. Had never appeared in the English language until this. And really? It just fed field. Fears that had grown in the U.S. after World War II that a new kind of drug or procedure could alter a person's mind. This journalist... You're not going to believe what we found fighting them Koreans. They brainwashing and they got quicksand. Ooh, did they, oh, they wash and a dry? They wash and dry? They put the fabric softener into them? Stuka nails. Stuka this, nails. Uh, this American journalist named Edward Hunton, uh, who happens to be contract, uh, contracted by the CIA, uh, and is also a firm anti-communist, writes this article for the Miami News and uses the term brainwashing for the first time in this article uh, soon after that. Uh, after that, he writes many articles for other papers funded by the CIA, which sets a panic in the U.S. about brainwashing, communism, propaganda, bullshit. Um, Look at this. Look so at ha- this. He- Don't pay attention to this. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain with the small penis. Um, I want to. I want to bring this to a point. Uh-huh. The perfect example of that happened just last week. You can have all the feelings you want about COVID, mm-hmm. okay? But the FDA approved ivermectin. The Big conspiratorial fucking drug that never fucking works. They approved it for fucking treatment for COVID last really? week. Really? Took them fucking long enough. 
Yes. We may not be doing this now, mind podcast. You, everything's, everything's all about yeah. fucking, you know, Trump's indictments and they're pushing all this shit. And then all of a sudden the FDA just goes, oh, well, you know, we, we approved ivermectin. We, we went on a whole disinformation campaign telling you bullshit. It, it won't work. It won't do this. Everything else. We discredited all these other fucking doctors mm-hmm. did all this shit, but then silently go, oh, well, yeah, it works. But we got to put a vaccine in all these people that, you know. And by the way, if you got worms, I'll take care of that too. Uh, oh, yeah. So soon so. after, uh, where the fuck was I? Soon after, soon after Edward Hunter, you know, writes all these articles and lights this fire of panic, he rides it for all its fucking worth. He writes this book called Brainwashing in Red China, in which he tells Americans they need to, quote unquote, this is the quote, all right? Quote, prepare for psychological warfare on a scale incalculably more immense than any militarist of the past has ever imagined. End quote. Uh, the, the House Committee on Un-American Activities has him speak at a hearing uh, in which he tells them that the Russians have brainwashing specialists preparing psychic attacks to take over the U.S. and form a new world order to serve the Soviet Communist Party in the Kremlin. In the Kremlin. What a bunch of bullshit. He just fucking, like I said, he rides it for all it's fucking worth. You know, he fucking, that's how he's making his dime. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to stick in my lane. Stay in my fucking lane. I'm just going to ride it. Well, it's gone. That, that was his job. Yeah. Well, you know, at he, the time, he the played his were role. actually working on some psychic, weird psychic shit, but it didn't fucking work. Yeah, but what it did here, do, herein lies the truth of this. There's only one way to convince a group of people that doing something dire and unethical is the only way you can save them. And that is to create an Mm -hmm. enemy that is so fearful to these people that they will go, I don't care if you killed 20 people, you do it, man. Save us. Save us. Save us. And at the same time, the enemy that they're creating is actually getting scared and then they're fucking counteracting by developing trying to develop the shit too to counteract you so it's a holocaust mind situation there oh that wasn't bad oh so oh i see what, I you, see did what you did there you I like that, that was you like from. that yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you what yeah. all this bullshit did though it it helped the cia sell that they needed more funding and they acquired it mm-hmm. into what into project bluebird and so from that they start developing all these black sites that's where black sites come into and we didn't know about black sites for a long time. Uh, black sites were secret, are secret illegal prisons where all these spies or sus- people suspected of being spies or enemies of the U.S. are tortured and experimented on with various hallucinogens and other drugs to see if a truth drug mind control could be achieved. Uh, they were considered expendable, meaning they would not be missed if they turned up dead or just didn't fucking turn up anywhere really? and uh, they never turned up because they were tortured and experimented on until they fucking died did you know there was some kind of uh, burning thing going you know luckily yeah luckily for the cia though you know they had uh, all these fucking nazis waiting on the sidelines waiting to help them with this task because to them it was like a fucking another day yes yeah, i'm just used know? to it i mean really another body to burn yeah no big deal yeah yeah in- i just want to tie this in because i know 
I know we're not going to go down this route. We're not? Well, part of the other thing with Paperclip and the scientists was they were also working, you know, nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. Philadelphia experiment. All all of the very early project Philadelphia experiment was all of the early footage. All of the early, yeah, all of the early footage you see where we quote unquote filmed nuclear detonations. You see all these trees, these houses, all this stuff. Yet the camera never fucking shakes. Okay, never, not once. Okay. All of the, and I can neither confirm okay. nor deny this. All right, that just blanket statement might might get myself in something here. Um, they they created those films and were releasing them to you know newsreels, all this stuff, in the hopes that Russian spies would get a hold of it and see the ultimate devastation, and in doing that try to scare them out of back you know into backing down and creating these false narrative because i mean ultimately they we were building them but we didn't have any of this true detonation footage okay because if you ever see any detonation footage it's always from fucking miles away and if they leave the camera time frame in there within minutes even if that camera is in a concrete bunker with you know three inch pane of glass there's fucking vibration because it just fucking maximizes all of it so they created more of the cold war and doing that and that is part of what they used a lot of these german scientists for was to create a lot of that propaganda like how can we create and do this and they're like well if we set it up this way and do it that blah 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 and so feed my brother's belief that we didn't actually land on the moon Let's not let's not go that. That's a different that's a different series. Yeah. So yeah. so I just leave fucking to Stanley Kubrick out of this. All right. That 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 is also part of you know the CIA and disinformation and all of those things that were part of those programs. Because I know we're not going to go into the nuclear end of it because we're kind of doing the fucking up yeah. people. Yeah. But yeah, the fucking the fucking people. You know, I told I told my brother I was like yeah. I'll fight you right now. Buzz Aldrin was an American hero. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I hate to interrupt you, but can I fucking keep yes, going here? Yes, please. please. Sorry. No. Sorry. No. All right. No. And and to have another Lindy moment. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Ah, shoot. All right. So, like I said, for the Nazis, it was just another day at the office, you know, with these black sites. And enter General Walter Schrei- Schreiber, General Surgeon or Surgeon General, pardon me, of the Third Reich, mastermind of experiments, instructor of several concentration and death camps. Uh, after the war, he'd been arrested by Soviets and placed into a university in East Berlin, but he had escaped to West Berlin, turned himself over to the Americans. Um, it's probably worth noting to you that one of his experiments involved infecting prisoners with gangrene, then cutting them open so he could watch the disease progression in real time while they were fucking still alive mm-hmm. and died slowly and painfully. We could go into so rather all than the send deaths. This motherfucker to prison, all the right, things rather did. than send him to send him to rotten prison or fucking kill this motherfucker. 
the U.S. decides that this is their guy. He's our guy. We need him to help develop these mind control and torture techniques. So Schreiber helps the U.S. set up black sites throughout Europe where they can do their dirty work in secret. And from the book where most of this shit comes from, Poisoner in Chief by author Stephen Kinzer, this is a, this is a quote from the book. Quote, this set a precedent that marked a breakthrough for the CIA by opening prisons. The agency establishes right not only to detain and imprison people in other countries, but to interrogate them harshly while they were in custody without regard for U.S. law. <laughs> End quote. Yeah. So after they saw that this was working pretty well, you know, they were having kind of mixed results. It was like, eh, you know, we're getting some pretty good, pretty good intel on this. They they, they just duplicate the whole thing in Japan where they injected captured North, northern Korean soldiers with drugs like sodium amytal, benzatrine, corvine, picrotoxins, and all this shit leads. It's like anything from a depressant to things that cause paralysis and seizures. And while they're under the effects of all these drugs, they submit them to electric shock, try to hypnotize them, extreme heat and cold, and... They're basically all in the train of thought of like, let's fuck around and find out. Or like, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And although these fun little experiments turned up some, you know, what they considered to be interesting results, they don't really find any sort of true serum. But they think, they all, you know, they're convinced that they're working in the right direction. So, and I think that's where we need to fucking call it for today. And we're not even to fucking MK Ultra. No, we're... Like I said, this is a giant fucking pyramid. You have to understand, there's like over 150 different programs. We could literally do an entire podcast strictly based on MKUltra. You you pulled out on Angry Street and then did a handbrake turn on the fucking pissed off avenue. (laughs) Well, dude, I've been stewing for over two months. I've, I've literally, it's taken me two months to research this. So, um... Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get this all done in two, three. It might be four. I'm not sure. We'll we'll see. I I, I don't know if I can do it all. Well, I know, it, but if you, if if you're if, <laughs> if you tell me and Todd at the beginning, chime in anytime you want. It might be closer to eight or nine episodes. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see what happens. But uh, thank you guys for listening. To my fucking. <sighs> You know, conspiracy theory bullshit, which is not really conspiracy theory. It's Facts. fucking conspiracy fact. Yeah. This is your U.S. government at work. So, ladies and gentlemen, you pay taxes and you're paying for all this shit. Keep following them. They're great. Yeah. The true, the true statement and fact of this is that we look at our elected officials and all the blame always falls on right. them. The only control that our elected government has is to pass a law and control the money. All of these established government agencies, Department of Justice, they all they all have employees. Allegedly. Let's, and, let's say that for Todd, just in case. Okay, yeah, fair enough. No, this yeah, is true. Yeah, I know this is, is. Okay, so here's the thing. You, you have a president comes in, he's newly elected, and he nominates all these people to be the director of the FBI, the director of the CIA, the director of the fucking Department of Transportation, Health and Human Services, okay? Those are nominated positions. That person is now, quote unquote, the top dog of that agency. But the people 
that are the actual true managers that sit underneath him have been there for oh, yeah, years. Yeah. And they don't give a shit about who Bones this director the face is. Of the We're going to give him yeah. just, yes, we're going to give him enough. And then if we get caught doing something, who okay. gets fired? The director is the one, but these people are there. So when they have developed their own ways to, you know, Bypass sell cocaine the system and, and make their make, own money, yeah. they take the congressional oversight out of it because now they don't have to ask for the money. And well, how are you going to spend it? Where is it going to go? They learned these lessons through all of these programs, MK Ultra, all this stuff. The CIA told the army, you need to, you'll come up with this test program for this, blah, 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 and ask them for money. And they're like, oh, well, we'll put it as, as part of the DOD budget, which oh, we'll get is it. all set. We'll get deal. into that in the next episode. Trust me. We're going to get yeah. into all these little so, sub-programs and all the bullshit I that just, they do. I just, the point I want to make is that the American people have the wrong idea that your elected officials have control and it's all their fault. Look at they this. Don't. Just look at this. Pay attention to this. Don't, yeah. Yes. Yes. Your your elected officials only have a limited amount of control. And when you have someone who's been in a job for over 30 years and they've been allowed to do whatever the fuck they want as long as they don't get caught. No. Nah. Yeah. And you don't want to vote to fucking up my spending bill? All right. You either die Senator, a hero or you, you, you live long enough to you, see yourself become a tyrant. Right. right? <laughs> Isn't that how it yes. goes? That seems like a good spot to end it, it does, on, guys. It does. Um, we're around fucking 15 minutes into this right now. So um, I was hoping we could cut it down to an hour. Oh, that'll work. We're only 15 minutes. That's all right. You know, the, the, the train wreck from before is, you know, going to make up for it. So we're all right. Story episode. <laughs> and the last one. It'll be fun. Oh, uh, well, guys, thank you uh, once again for hanging out. Yes, um, yes. If you have ideas for episodes, if you have stories you'd like to share, or if you have questions, comments, or concerns about Todd. Sasquatch mm-hmm. nudes. And Sasquatch nudes, yeah. Please uh, please hit us up on the website, hmfppod.com, or email us at hmfppod at gmail.com. Please do. Please continue to like, rate, and uh, review the podcast. It really helps out uh, with the analytics puts us in front of more people. That um, damn algorithm thing. <laughs> God damn algorithms. And be sure to tune in on Facebook and YouTube every Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for our STS sessions, the shoot the shit sessions where we don't, I don't know, sometimes we have a plan, sometimes we don't, but we always fucking hang out and we're right there to answer any questions you, that you would have you would ask us. Um, and you can also follow us on YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram at HMFPPOD. Um, and you can follow me at your mom's house. Your mom's house is a podcast. Too, is, dude. I, yeah, I don't know that's a bad it one. It's a great one, too. Um, so I'm going I'm to leave it at that, gentlemen. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, I'm Zach. See you next Tuesday. Spar. Uh, I'm Lindy. <laughs> Bye! Okay, I love and you. And I'm Goodbye. the motherfucking Todd. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Right. Later. Later. It's evil. Don't touch it. It's alive. Bye, you are crazy. They're coming to get you. Out of Christ. This is me. Hello, Mr. Fancy.